Johnson on uh, the theme of the year is being awakened to righteousness. Awaken to righteousness. And again, the word awaken means, who know what the word awaken means? We gave the definition. It means to rouse. Rouse what? Your what? Your understanding. What's the, when you think about the word rouse or rouses, we have what? A rouse is here. Right? And what it do? It's rousing, what it is rousing your understanding <clears throat> about what they have. Well, when we use the word to rouse one understanding, it is rousing your understanding to the what? The new identity of who you are in Christ Jesus. And that's what it is. It's, you're being awakened to the new identity, to the new ideas, to the new attitude that you and I wear as the righteousness of God. And so therefore the righteous have a certain way that they live. The righteous have a certain way that we behave, right? Amen. The righteous have a certain way that they speak, okay? So you have to, your thinking has to be aroused in this, to be aroused in a position to where you will stop thinking in the natural. You'll stop thinking uh, in the normality way of living life. You know, an example, well, man, you know, uh, uh, once you turn whatever age, they say 40 or 50, you're so still so young, you, you hear people say, I'm getting old, I'm falling apart. Well, guess what? Your words has power. And your words will see to it that you keep falling apart every year after you make 40 or 50 years of age. Until you have self-destruct. Because you hear people say, I'm getting old. I mean, you know, you're not old until you get 100 years old. God told us, say, Abraham was old. That's old. Amen? I don't think any of us are 100 years old, right? No, I mean, and even when I get 100 years old, if Jesus still tarry, I still got 20 more years to fulfill my purpose. He give us 120 years, right? I don't need a walker, right? I don't need, you know, I don't need thick glasses on so I can see. No, I believe in God that my eyes will be abated just like Moses was. Moses went, Moses took that mountain and his eyes was not abated. And, you know, now, if you wear glasses, don't, 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 don't be all condemned. I'm just trying to say, I used to wear glasses too. I'm not even supposed to be without glasses. My vision was, I didn't only wear glasses. Listen, you, had to, you wore glasses for what? For clothes? What that mean? Is that, uh, huh? Foresight and then the one for nearsight. I was both. <laughs> They well, you know, they put they put it in your glass. Well, no, they, they do it now. But I had two different sets of glasses: one for near side, and one for far side. I had two pair. Now they make them to the place of where as 
You could, ah, uh, oh, Brother Joe, she did you like that. That's all right, brother. <laughs> See, her last day in, in the States, you know, they're, they're just, you know, but that's okay. But anyway, uh, I had, they make them now that you can use, you can, they can put bifold and if the lens in your glasses. Oh, progressive, okay. But my point is, is that when I recognized that this doctor told me my eyes was whatever, no, I could do something about that. So I start, I start acting on the scripture, what I had a right to. But again, you got to have the scriptures in play. Just because you have a right to something doesn't mean it's going to happen. You have to begin to do what? You have to find it, know that you got a right to it, and then you have to begin to start what? Acting on what you have a right to. All right, my friend. He tell me I don't do I don't do them like the like the, the, the new people come in at first, you know. He's still holding that against me, but I love him. That's that's Zach for him, but that's okay. But anyway, think about this for a moment. So when you know you have a right to something, then you, you have the, well, you have to make a decision to do what? To make a stand on it. So I made a decision that, okay, that uh, I'm not going to wear these glasses. Now, this has been, ooh. 20 years. And then I went from not wearing glasses to wearing reading glasses. You know, I used them to read. Okay? Well, I hadn't read, I hadn't used those. It has to be like maybe seven, eight years. And the reason why I know that because like some of the old videos they play back, you have on Facebook and tell you about, you know, I can remember seven years ago, I had reading glasses. I don't wear the other one. Well, I'm not boasting on me, but if we're going to talk about this righteousness, I'm trying to arouse your thinking, your understanding to come up. Now, if you don't desire to change how your eyes are, whatnot, there's no big deal about that. Okay? Ain't no big deal about that. But my point is, is that if it bothers you, then you will you you can do something about it. It's just like being on medication. If it bothers you being on medication, then guess what? I'm saying this. You can do something about it. Okay? But it's if you choose not to, then guess what? It's not gonna affect your your eternity going to heaven. Okay? But what I'm saying to you is that if I'm going to be awakened to the righteousness of God that is in Christ Jesus, which ultimately came through Christ Jesus because he fully met the stead of our sin nature that the Father placed upon him so that you and I could have this opportunity to say, you know what? I choose not to live broke no more. I choose not to not... I choose not to live life not having enough. 
Now, what am I going to do about that? How is that? I don't know, but I'm, first of all, you made a decision. Once you make a decision, now the Holy Spirit is what? It is his responsibility to reveal the plan that God has for you because whatever God has for you is not a plan to live without. Okay? And it's the very reason why we try to do a lot of things because if you thought it was the will of God, well, why do we try to, you know, uh, buy things on time? Or why do we try to buy things at whatever, and we pay for it on a regular basis if we thought God didn't want us to have anything. If God didn't want you to have anything, then you should not be borrowing money to pay for a house, borrowing money to buy a car, right? If you didn't think God, you know, or if you thought God wanted you to be sick, you know, some people say, well, God put this sickness on me so it could humble me. Well, then, why take the medication? Why not receive the full effect of honoring God with your sickness? See, you don't believe that. Because you know that's not right. And it's not true. Right? So you see, we do take the medicine or we do borrow the money to pay for this or pay for that because, hey, we want to do better, right? Well, what I'm trying to say to you is that God has a financial plan, a health plan, a plan to protect you, a plan to preserve you. He has a plan. It's just that we have to get to the place that we're willing to do what? To get in that pathway. And so everything that concerns me is already there. He's already taking care of it. Now, you do what you got to do until you fully begin to walk in it. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying if you're paying for your, your vehicle a long time, say, well, I'm going to get my vehicle back to the place. I'm going to wait on God to get me, you know, to, to get me a new vehicle. You might be walking for another seven years. Why? Because your faith is not there. Your belief, your trust, your understanding is not there. Hmm? So, no, that's not what I'm saying. See, at one time when, you know, I used to hear this message or whatnot, it was almost like it's a sin to borrow money. It was a sin to be in debt, to owe. And a lot of people went without life, went out without having anything or whatnot because they were trying to obey the man of God of what he spoke and so many have fallen off, and it wasn't, yes, I believe God can provide for you and I without being in debt. I've been out of debt seven or eight times, but I could never just get ahead. So was that the answer? No. Are you following what I'm saying? So what did I do? No. I trust God in a way that whereas he will speak to you where you are. You don't, you don't do things to be impressive unto people. You do things as honoring to God. 
whether you're in debt or not in debt, <laughs> it's not going to send you to hell. Now, if you're in too much debt that you wear, you, you know, you just... You know, you're just trying to just do things in a manner that where it's not being responsible. You know, a credit card don't put you in a place that where it's, you know, you just put what you won't put on there and you can't pay for it. You know, if you had a credit card that had $10,000 limit, say, ooh, boy, I got some money on that card. No, you don't. What's 10% of 10000 $1,000. That's all you have to spend on that card. If you're going to manage your credit. Do you don't give you $10,000 just for you to just run it up and then say, well, I got to make a, well, you know, well, I owe $6,000 on this card and you're paying $200, $300 a month and it got and of that $300 that you're making, I mean, that you're paying, it has 19% interest. Huh? Or 25 or 26. And you say, and, and out of that, it says, out of that 300, it may, you may have, uh, what? $200 going to the interest? 200 going to the interest. Well, you're going to have a little bit. They got to give you a little something going toward the payment. But you got 200 some of dollars of the 300 going to interest. And guess what? You ain't going nowhere. You dropped off just a few dollars. Now, they're not going to tell you that. But I'm telling you that. I'm not against you using credit cards. What I'm trying to say to you is, is monitor what you put on it and get it to the place that you're going to pay it out. Okay? If you can't pay it out monthly, you know, put yourself in a position where you say, I'm going to make three, four months payments on this thing. I'm going to pay this out. Get yourself from up under that. Okay? Make it look like I'm talking about a class on finances. No, no, I'm not dealing. I'm just, you know, I don't know why I'm here, but just to maybe to help somebody or whatnot, because sometimes, again, I'm not against it, but I'm just saying to use it in a way to whereas you don't violate the peace of God in your heart. Yeah, be responsible. Yeah, don't try to impress nobody, but just be responsible. This is what I'm saying. Don't just say, well, I'm going to just, they put, well, I could get this off my record. I'm going to go, I don't care if they, you know, <clears throat> They put my name in collection. No, so you're not being responsible. And yes, our system is, is made in a way to where you can mess up your credit, mess up your name, and then you can go and somebody can get all that off your credit. People do that all the time. But guess what? That's not being responsible, even though it's, it's a loophole or it's part of the system. Okay? Huh? Sometimes they do, and if you get it cleaned out, if you get your if you get it cleared out, well, guess what? They don't have you. It's gone. But if you didn't learn anything, you go back and do the same thing again. 
Are you following what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes you have to file bankruptcy because of certain situations. But once you've done that, you've gone through that, then guess what? It teaches you, oh, this will never happen. I'll never put myself in this position again. It's not a condemnation to what I'm saying. What I'm trying to get you to see is, is that as the righteousness of God, you're able to see things from a perspective that where, no, this is not for me. So what that righteousness does, it puts you in a place, for, take for an example, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians, Casey, chapter 8. I'm just using this part of the section to talk about, but, but I'm going to go back to Romans chapter 1. But look, notice this, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. Did I say 8 and 9? 9 and 8. Okay, go to 9, 8. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. I'm sorry. It says, and God is able... Uh, well, look, notice this. It said, and God will generously provide all you need. Okay, that may be a little bit blind to you. Go back to verse 6. Remember this. Now, you can get this. Remember this. Everybody tell somebody, I said, now remember this. All right, here we go. A farmer who plants only a few seeds what will he get? So you see, we live in a system that called what? Seed, time, and harvest. Regardless of what, you plant a seed, you're going to get a harvest. Hmm? If you plant a seed of being angry, then guess what? You're going to have a harvest of anger coming back. You plant a seed financially, Given money, then guess what? Financially, it's going to start coming back to you. And when somebody want to do something good for you, say, Brother Joseph, somebody want to give you something, oh, no, that's okay, man, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Guess what you're doing? You just hinder that person's blessing, and you just hinder a harvest that God wanted to give to you. Because sometimes what do we do? We, we, we look at somebody, the person who's giving. You say, ah, no, nah, you need it more than I need it. You go ahead on, man. I'm, I'm good. It's not about that. See, that self-righteousness causes you to think in that light. The righteousness of God understands that whereas a harvest can't come without a seed. And that person just using your life or where you are as a seed because you can't put no seed in heaven. The seed has to be planted on earth. You and I are on the earth, right? As a person, if you are a farmer, like you said, a farmer plants the seed. Well, what's the first thing the farmer does? He plowed the ground. He put the seed in the ground. He waters it. He watches over it. He fertilizes it until it brings forth the fullness of of the fruit of that which he planted. Well, you and I, notice how the scriptures is using this. A farmer who plants only a few seed, well, put it like this, a person that only gives a, a few dollars, that give every now and then, he's going to reap a small crop every now and then. 
And that's the reason why you have some people continuously do what? They work on their own. They keep trying to provide for themselves. They keep doing for themselves. Why? Because they hadn't understand, understood that, hey, God already has a way designed for you and I to walk in his will. But you got to be willing where you are to give as he leads you. When you do it, then guess what? The Holy Spirit is the one watching over will determine the harvest or yeah, the, the return of your seed. Hmm? Look, but the one who plants generously will get what? A generous crop. And it doesn't all the time just have to come back in money per se. It could come with favor. It could come with new opportunities, new door open. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Are you moving into a place that whereas you had no way of, of being able to afford that, to get into that, and God opens a door? The, you didn't need money, but what did you do? You needed favor, but what caused the favor of God is because, hey, I'm obeying, the, I'm obeying the word. He said, as long as the earth remaineth, there will be seed, time, and harvest. But we don't understand the, the process about what? Time. Time equals development. Because when you put a seed in the ground, it takes time for it to what? Develop from one stage to another stage to the, you know, to a stage of maturity to the full grain in the ear. It takes time for that seed to grow up and bring forth fruit. It takes time for you and I to prosper in the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about just getting money rich because, you know, you don't have to be in the kingdom of God to get money rich. Right? No, you don't. So when I'm talking about wealth, I'm talking about everything in you, everything in your life is whole. The money is just a byproduct of what's on your life to do what? So that you can do commerce. That's the purpose of money. So that you can do commerce, so that you can be a blessing to someone else. Is that right? Yeah. How often you hear someone have a need and, man, it struck you in your heart and you just wish you had the money to do other means to help that person. Well, you say that's God's kindness. Okay? Now watch this. Next verse, Casey. You must each decide in your heart how much what? Who must, who must decide? So you see, the, the, it's not on the preacher to tell you, you got to give this, you got, nope, nope. He said, you must decide. Now, I know some pastors may not like this, but it's the key, it's the truth. You must decide. Not the church, not the pastor, not the treasurer, not the board. You must decide. Who must decide? You must decide. 
Isn't that something God put that in your hand? Because <laughs> see, when you, when you trust him, he can't fail. You and I can fail to meet the requirements to take care of anything, but God can't fail. That means if God needs to bring a dog and drop the money bag by the door, you know, I'm not going out there trying to see, well, who this money for? Maybe this for worry. No, I'm taking the money. Right? Oh, I ain't get one amen, Lord. It's, it's I'm talking to the right people this morning. Yeah. When it, when I'm gonna show you a verse of scripture. I'm just talking about the right. See, when you have a right to something, it's because God designed something for you to do. You are destined for a certain purpose, and it is his responsibility to see to it that you have. Okay? So watch this. So remind me to go to uh, uh, what is that? Elijah. That's not a book, is it? First Samuel. <laughs> remind me to go to remind me to go to uh, first first Samuel. No, first King. It'd be seventeen, I believe. Of uh, about Elisha. Okay. But now notice this. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give what? Reluctantly or where? In response to what? Don't do that. That's why I don't try to, I, I do my best not to make no, no call for money under that. Do I have need of money? Oh, absolutely. Is it screaming at me? Absolutely. But guess what I do? Lord, if you don't get this done, it ain't going to happen. And guess what? He get it done. He get it done. Don't ask me how. I mean, and he uses you. God know how to move in this building. Those on Facebook, I present my request to him, and God know how to get it done. Just when I think it ain't going to happen, he shows up. And it's never the way you think it's going to show up. What is that teaching me? Rest. It's not on me. Because a lot of time we want things, we try to take it, put it on ourselves. Well, guess what? I'm not walking in his righteousness. That's self-righteous. Amen? I'm just trying to show y'all, look, when you decide that you're going to live in the righteousness of God, what you have done, you have died to yourself and you have become alive in the Christ that's in you and you're letting that life in you rule and reign. 
If I got to be in this earth, if I'm the body that's going to represent you, God, and if this is the play, then guess what? You have to make the provision. You have to bring the people. Did I call any of y'all this week to come to church today? You know, we used to, it doesn't go worried. <laughs> He's a special case. <laughs> but, you know, we used to do that a long time ago. You know, make sure we call folks. Where y'all at? Everything all right? In actuality, we were scared. Y'all didn't, didn't left the church. I ain't scared no more. You know, scared. You, you know. Yeah, no. See, that's fear. That's not resting. And I get it, because I went through it. But if God going to do it, I'm fully, like Abraham said, I'm fully persuaded that what God had promised God is able to do. Not what I would do, because I can't. I already proved I can't. But he can. Can you see it? And you have to trust that he will. I can't explain it, man. I really can't. But just right here in the scripture, like he said, you must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly a a response to pressure. For God loves a what? Loves a person who what? Who gives what? Cheerfully. And I can just honestly say, I got to, those of you in here, y'all love to give cheerfully. I have people that give online to the ministry or whatnot through my online Bible school. They do it cheerfully. I ain't got to make no no pull for them. They just, they give. And I, look, but the moment you got to, you know, you got to apply pressure. Then, you know, look, and I know when you're trying to protect whatever you think God then gave you, whatever, and it may be right, but guess what? It's not going to be good under pressure. I may have you today, but I may not have you no more. No. I want you to be here at peace, at rest. Amen? Knowing that God himself will provide. That's the best I can say. You must, oh, next verse, Casey. And God will generously provide all. And you see the first two verses I gave you? That's why I went back to verse six and seven. And God will generously provide what? All you what? Why? Because you're the righteousness of him. But you got to make a decision. When you make a decision, then you see the hand of God. But you got to make a decision. And then that decision means I, I have to be willing to stand on my decision that I made. Hmm? Even to the place, if the church 
buildings shut down. That don't mean the church shut If the building shut down because we don't have the money or whatever, that doesn't mean you fail. That's the fear in most of us as preachers. Not for me no more. Yes, sir. The birds? Yeah. Absolutely. How God feed the birds. They don't even sow. Nor do they reap. Nor do they gather into the barn. I mean, think about it. You sit, you sit outside on your porch or in the back or just be standing outside and watch them birds. You say, what they pecking at? God providing for them. They don't, you think them birds out there just looking around, how they going to eat? Nope. God already put it in them. And they know what to do. And then he said, aren't you much more than a bird, Dodo? (laughs) Aren't you worth much more than a bird? Yeah. But we don't see ourselves that way. You don't even know you are made in the image and in the likeness of God. You don't realize how much it moves him for you and I not to stick a step on, you know, as walk as living as the righteousness of whose you are. I think we withhold from ourselves when we're not willing to make that stand. Why? Because it's what I see, what I don't have. It's what I feel what might happen. You got to get rid of the fear. And you got to get rid of what you don't have because I'm telling you, your sufficiency is not what's here. Your sufficiency comes from him. What you need is in the earth, but he created it. He know how to get it to you. You, just, you and I just got to let him do it. It's called trust. And if you don't spend time with him, it's going to be very hard for you to trust him. You're going to have to go about getting it done in your own strength, in your own might. God will, God will what? Generously do what? Provide all you need. Then you will always have what? Everything you need. And what? Plenty left over. To do what? See? To share with others. See? That's that's God's plan for the righteous. You have so much left over that you can help other people. You be in a grocery store. Sometime I'm standing in the grocery store. You understand what I'm saying? Standing in the grocery store in the line and I hear this voice on the inside pay for their grocery
Sometimes I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I get to move around. And say, oh, Jesus. I miss who was in that basket. The interest of us. That's what we're here for. So what are you doing? That's how people get closer to the Lord is through you and I. So if I obey the Lord, he say, I want you to buy the grocery. I say, okay. I just step up and I just pay for it. Some of them don't even know how to handle it. I understand because you're so busy doing for yourself. Right? And you're not looking for no one else. But the Lord trying to get their attention because somewhere they cried out to him. He heard them. And he's trying to talk to them just by buying their grocery for a hundred and some odd dollars. Huh? What's a hundred and some odd dollars to a soul to a person? God reached and changed their life forever. For a hundred and some odd dollars. Can you see it? I'm not saying you take, but a lot of times that's what you do to me. Stand in line, pay for, I want you to buy that, pay for that. I just obey. But it'll come back to you. Now watch this. Next, uh, look at verse 10, Casey. Jump down there. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. So guess what? If you make your... Oh, I could say Casey, Zach. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, notice this. If you have the desire to help others to be you know, to bless others, then guess what? God will put the seed in your hand. See, it's not what you got to have. You just got to have the willingness on the inside. Lord, I'm willing to be that person so that you can be displayed. Because God is only known through people that look like you and I. They can't see God. You can't see the wind. But you can see the effect of what the wind does. We all enjoying this nice fall weather. I mean, think about it. This morning, we walked outside. And it was just like, whoa. I went for a run yesterday, <clears throat> early that morning. And it was just like, whoa, that wind was trying to. Right? But we were walking. We were so happy that it was fall. We didn't care, right? After all that heat this summer. So, God will provide if you make yourself a sower. See, God who, for God is the one who provides what? Seed for the farmer. All you got to do is have a willing heart. Now, when the seed comes to you, you can't eat it up.
Well, Lord, I, you know, I, I desire, I, I desire to give more money to our church. And the Lord said, "Okay, you get this extra five hundred dollars." And the Lord said, "I want you to put two hundred fifty dollars in church." Well, what was the first thing in your mind? Your mind already running around, you know. Give me a new flat screen TV, you know the thing that's on sale. You know, it went from seven hundred to five hundred dollars. Man, and it's just the one I want. And and the Lord said, I need you to get at two hundred fifty dollars. And you say, No, man, that's I'm gonna be gone. I look, I gotta, I gotta buy that. The Lord blessed me with this money to buy that TV. That's what I wanted. <laughs> Is that right? I'm just trying to show you, he'll put the money in your hand, but once he put the money in your hand, you're going to have, now you're going to be trusted to follow through because he put it in your hand. But notice all of a sudden the thought come up, man, I've been believing God for this TV and now I got the money for it. I mean, you know, how many flat screen TV we're going we gonna to buy? We, Ever since the flat screen TV come out, it's just like they're going to have what they call Black Friday. Flat screen TVs on sale. And, and people are in line by the, the kazoozoo. Yeah. And these TVs been out all this time. How many more you got to have? Are you following what I'm saying? It's time to give up on all these flat screen TVs. I mean, you know, they all going to do just about what they say they're going to do. They, you know, none of them don't do everything they say they're going to do. Because why? You don't have the, you don't actually buy these 4K TVs, for an example. Now, how many channels, if you don't have direct TV, how many channels you going to get in 4D, 4K? I can tell you, Zada. Zero with the rim knocked off. I get a few channels, and especially if you look at college football on Channel 15, all the, just about all their games is in 4D if you want it, 4K. But if you don't have DirecTV and you got them 4K TV, you just got them big old expensive TV and you can't get 4K in nothing. But they sell, they sell it to you. You know how they first got me? It was, a, it was a DVD player. I didn't know it. But that thing was so vivid, so beautiful. And I'm thinking I'm buying the TV that, kind of like the man that come down out of the mountain. He don't come out, out of the hill. He a hillbilly. He come down every now and then. He went to church. And he saw the man mess with the thermostat right here on the wall. And he asked that man, he said, what is that? He felt that cool. That says a thermostat. So the man said, where did I get that? Oh, you get that from the hardware store. Man went to the hardware store and bought him a thermostat and put on that tree, and he was waiting on the air conditioner to come on. <laughs> That's kind of like what I was with the flash screen TV. I put that TV on, and I wait for that same picture, and it didn't show. Well, what's wrong with this? And it come back. Oh, that was a DVD player. But my saving grace was I had direct TV. 
Are you following what I'm saying? They don't tell you that. Now, don't get me wrong. Your 4K TV is going to give you the most high resolution than just HD, okay? But you're not going to get the 4K unless you have the right provider. Now, it's going to come. It's coming. I said all of that just to say this. I'm just saying. It's time that we stop running behind. If God give you the seed to give, then guess what? You got to put it, you got to, why? Because it's so much more he's trying to get to you. But he's trying to see what your response is where you are right now. Because it's not a problem for God to get money to you. I think what's going to happen, what's happening is, is that once the seed get there, what happened, your mind starts speaking, your, 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 you know, your desire starts speaking, man, I got the money, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. That means, see, you have forgot about the commitment you made to God. But you have to be the subject, you and I are the subject, you have to be the one to do what to say, no. I made a vow to God. I'm going to honor my word. When you do that, then more will be given to you. God will provide. Okay? Now watch this. Go uh, with me. It's the first king. I want to say first king 17. Yes. First king 17. <clears throat> And that was a drought for three years. It wasn't supposed to rain because God gave the word. Okay? Now, just because God gave the word and it's not going to rain for three years, that's not going to hinder you from not eating. That's not going to hinder you from not having the resource that you need so that you can still do what God called you to do. Okay? Look at this. It said, did not rain. He said, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. That means God gave Elisha the word. Next verse. Then the Lord said to Elisha. Who said to the Elisha? The Lord. Okay. Now, let's see what the Lord said to Elisha. Keep going. Now, because we know what he said. There will be what? No dew or rain until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elisha, go to the east and hide in Kidrick Brook, near where it entered the Jordan River, and drink from the brook. Now, it's supposed to be no rain, no water. But guess what? God is providing for him the resources that he needs for where he's going to lead him. I want you to hear me carefully now because why? There are times you're going to hear things, but whereas, take for an example, they say, well, I don't listen to the news much anyway, but it came on my watch. It said, well, salt water is entering into uh, certain parts of Mississippi Bridge or Mississippi River and some other place. Huh? And it's just like the first thing came to my mind, they're trying to create a pandemic. Folk can go there and buy all the water out of the stores, thinking there ain't going to be no more water. 
Is that right? Don't, 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 don't put yourself in that position. But my point is, is that even if the salt water enter into the Mississippi River or wherever we get water from, don't you know you can still cut your faucet on? Our God will use whatever bottle of water you got every time you drink out of it. What you think gonna happen? It multiply. See, you got to think like the righteous. This not supposed to affect me. What did Jesus do in John six, where he took a two-piece fish dinner? You took two pieces of fish, sardines at that, five pieces of crackers, and he looked up and he gave the Father thanks. He didn't see with these eyes. He saw with the eyes of understanding, the eyes of revelation, knowledge that my Father created this. I'm giving him thanks, and what it's going to do? It's going to multiply and it's going to feed over 5,000. And they pick up 12 baskets full. How do you do that? You can't receive that if you're not a believer. And then it's hard for some believer to even accept that fact. Because you think, nah. You can't see how that can happen. But I can. Same way with the water. If something ever happened, you should never be weary or worried that you're not going to have. You live in this world, but you and I are not of this world. You have to get to the place and know that your God is faithful. Why would he save me? Why would he call me? And why would he leave me in this earth if it's so bad and if there's no resources to sustain me? Why would he treat me like that? Now, that's wrong. That's not how God is. Now, some people expect, they, can, they expect to suffer for God. Well, there's no water. I'm just suffering for God. I'm just... No, you're not. That's just being, that's just a seed sown in ignorance and trying to keep you in a tradition. And all the while, you are dying of something thinking you're doing it for God and really and truly, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Why would God save you and not provide for you? Why save me and just... The moment I get saved, go to heaven. I'm out of here. No, that's not God's plan. God saves you and I. We answer the call of salvation so that we can be a blessing to others. It may not just be financially, but you could be a witness to your neighbor, a witness to your relatives. Not so much if you're just trying to tell them about the word. You live in the life. When they come to your house, you know, you're showing forth that, hey, everything in this house, everything about this house, you know, it's, just, it's of the Lord. They're going to look on your, on your table. They're going to see magazines full of faith, word of faith. They go to your bathroom. 
They got a squad or whatever. They go see in your little basket. You got a word. You got a magazine, a devotional in that book, in there. Everywhere you go, they're going to see you got something represent the Lord. Is that right? Yeah. They, 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 they go in one, if they spend the night in one of the bedrooms, they're going to see a Bible in there. Right? They come to your house and watch TV, they're going to know that you ain't looking at something all crazy. Why? You're living the life as the righteous of God. Can y'all see that? You're growing in that. You're increasing in that. So when God sent him, told him to go to that brook, look what he said. Drink from the brook and eat. Uh-oh. That's 99 probably percent of us in here. I ain't from no raven. You ain't hungry. When you get hungry enough, you're going you're gonna to eat that raven. But look what he told him. Drink from the brook and eat what what? The ravens bring you. Now, how many know a raven don't, it's not going to bring you anything, number one. And number two, a raven only eat what? Dead stuff. Right? Because you know of that, that could hinder you if that was a famine or food shortage, and God sent a raven to your window, to your door, to drop you down some good pork chop. You said, man, I'm not eating that. That thing might be contaminated. That thing, that thing could have rabies. You all while you talking, you dying. I'm gonna get that piece of pork chop. I'm gonna bless that thing. Lord, I thank you for this. In the name of Jesus. And goopa, 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 goopa. <laughs> While you over there trying to be all sanctified and dying. Can you see the difference? I mean, just think about it. Who will live like this? Who will take from this in this manner? This is why you, this is why you have to live a life of understanding as the righteousness of God. This is God making provision for me even when it appears it's a famine. But the famine not affected me. So he said, they will drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. For I have commanded them to do what? To bring you food. That's the difference. We know the nature of a raven. But look what God said. I have commanded them to do what? Bring you food. Because you're the most important thing. Man, can you see God's love for you? But you got to think in the light of right standing with God. That it come through Jesus Christ, the one who ultimately paid the price for us to have that right, for God to move on our behalf. But if you, if you live life in this lower class, and when I say this lower class, in this realm, that whereas you can't see but what you can see, then guess what? You probably die, 
You probably suffer. You probably panic. You probably go into all type of anxiety, have all type of anxiety issues. Why? Because you're looking only from what you could see rather than living out of the realm where you can comprehend because the kingdom is in you. It's in you. But you and I have to be the one to do what? Call those things that be not as though they were until they are. So we don't play church. This is not a time for us to play church. No. We have a prescribed way that we live. And sooner or later, the world going to see why we've been living like we've been living. Amen? Watch this. Next verse. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kirik Brook, east of the Jordan. So what he did? He did what the Lord told him. So if you don't do what the Lord tell you, you're not going to reach the benefit. You got to do it the way he tell you. Next verse. The raven brought him bread and meat each morning and evening. Isn't that right? And he drank from the brook. When did the raven brought up? How? The morning and the evening. Why did the raven do it? Because what? God did what? Commanded him. Other than that, that raven would be eating himself. That would be a fat raven. But they were under the commandment of the word of God. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Everything, when you and I are called to something, call a uh, uh, place somewhere, then guess what? He will command whatever's in that land that it will take care of you. He will command it. I've commanded the people to take care of you. He put you in a certain place, put you in a certain town, put you in a certain village, whatever. And he tell you, don't be afraid to go. I've commanded these people to take care of you. You have to trust and obey that God will do what he said. We've seen it right here in the scripture. This was a famine. Oh, it gets worse than this. But because God put you somewhere, because the blessing of the Lord is upon you, that means that empowerment, the, the assignment, the appointment is on you to either raise the dead if necessary. Whatever God put in your trust, under your watch, at, at the time that he comes, it has to be risen. Next verse, Casey. But after a while, the brook dried up. For there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Next verse. Now you think this is something? Watch this. 
Then the Lord said to Elisha, Go and live in the village of Zephath, near the city of Sodom. I have instructed, look at that again. First he commanded the raven, right? Now he said, go over here to Zephath. I've instructed a widow there to do what? A widow. To take care of you. I thought you think they're going to go today in today's. That greedy preacher come over here, eat up all the fried chicken. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> and the Lord said, I've instructed the widow. What is he supposed to do? He did her part. She done her part. So look what God said. Go and live in the village of Zephyr near the city of Sodom. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. It didn't say, I send you there to feed her. When I first read that, I said, uh-uh, that's a misprint. Why? Your natural mind trying to compute. Next verse. So he went to Zephyr. He arrived at the gates of the village. He saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, would you please bring me a little water in a cup? Now, first of all, this woman is working, and he's sitting over there. What well, we'll say, that lazy, no good. Is that right? I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to get you back in your right standing with God. I'm not saying these things don't happen in the natural. I'm preparing you to walk in the realm of the supernatural. When you see things is functioning in a different light and God is, you pay attention to that. Okay, Lord, what are you saying here? What are you saying? Pay attention. And look what he said. Next verse, uh, Casey. And as she was going to get it, now that's a famine now. He called to her, bring me a bit of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I have only a handful of meal left in a jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. She may have some Crisco oil in there. I don't know what she had in there. No, I guarantee you some olive oil. And I was just gathering a few sticks to make me and my son the last biscuit dinner. And then my son and I would die. That's the only hope she had. And God sent him, so the widow woman, to take care of him. And she's saying, this is all I got. We can ready eat our last meal. And we're going to die. Look what the man of God said. Don't be afraid. That, see, when you are sent somewhere, when you are called to something, 
don't just look at the preacher. Every one of you in here are the men and women of God. You just not had the occasion yet to have God to speak to you or put you in somewhere and just to say, look, don't be afraid. It's going to be okay. I've been in many positions like that. and tell people, look, don't be afraid. It's going to be okay. Even what I do today, sometimes I see things, people panicking. And I have to go to these centers and say, look, don't panic. It's going to be okay. They break down. They're not accustomed to that. Well, God puts something on you and I to bring them peace. See, it's what's on you that make people be safe. You know how sometimes people say, I just feel good since you're here. Don't take that for granted. That's God's hand on your life. Extending to them, showing his loving kindness toward them. It ain't you. If you ever think it's just you, you're in trouble. It ain't me. It's God using it as a mean of reaching out to them. But he said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said. But make a little bread for me first. Well, what, what part you didn't understand? She couldn't have been black. Oh, boy, because she pulled that wig off. Didn't you hear what I tell you? She probably slapped him across the head with it. <laughs> I'm just trying to show you. See, y'all know the terminology that we live in today. Just look at it. You will get the worst of the worst. But you better make sure it's God. Because when people know that it's God, they will listen. They will stop. But if they think you're trying to jack them around, that's when the trouble shows up. This man had to be real. Look what he said. Who in his right mind going to say, okay, but make me a little bread for me first, and then use what you left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son? What She just said I had what? A little bit. So how are you going to get how I'm going to give to you and then what's left over for me and my son? I already tell you, we don't have enough. That's when you're going to have to start looking and see what's on your life that's different from them. Because nobody in their right mind going to speak in this light. If anything, what we would say, what would be the right terminology if we were just looking at this from this perspective? Well, no, you go ahead on. Y'all go ahead on and eat. And I'll do without. Right? That's, that's the normal. The man will say, no. Y'all go ahead on. I, I, I'll be all right. No matter what. But guess what? That was something on that man. If he would have taken the role 
of just saying what I just said? No, it's okay. He would have called them to die. Can y'all see that? You can't be politically correct in everything. We live in a society right now, that's what it is. It's politically correct. And I'm just trying to show you, that woman and her son would have died if that man took that role. Hmm? So God needs you and I out here to live up here and to stay on this level. He needs you. Why? Because people around you can't see what you see. They don't believe what you believe. But when you step up to the plate and you allow God to channel through you now and they see it come to pass, oh man, you're going to be respected from here to yada. But you're going to know it was the glory of God that's on your life to do that. But guess what? Every time they look up on you, and God okay with it, every time they look up on you, they're going to see God. You just make sure that's all they do see. Watch this, and I'm going to close. So he said, go ahead and do what you, what you said, but make me first, but make a little bread for me first, and then what is left over, prepare for a meal for yourself and your son. Watch this. For this is what the Lord, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel said. Now, you see why he's taking this place? You see why he was able to do that? Look what he said. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your container until the time when the Lord send rain and the crop grow again. Woo! What did he do? Just give her confidence. Just gave her an assurance. There will always be flour and olive oil. That's what she that's the best all y'all need to have in your house. Y'all cook, cook with olive oil. You gonna fry? Fry with olive oil or MCT oil. Let that all, let all that other oil go. It ain't that healthy for us. Amen. You go eat some good fried chicken, get you some good coconut oil. And fry that bad boy. Amen. And when you do it, make sure you call me. Now I need a piece of it. Call me. Don't let me, don't let don't leave me out like that. Hang. I just told you, I told you to all to go by. Now don't leave me hanging like that. <laughs> what brother Richard say? <laughs> you, ain't gonna, you ain't gonna call me, brother, get number that good fried chicken. And see, you know, y'all could do roll serve. I still believe in roll serve. What is it? Roll curve side? Curve side of the Just bring me the chicken and y'all keep on going. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel said, there will always be what? Flour and olive oil where? Left in your container. Left in your See, when he was sent, wherever he sent, there will be, no, be nothing lacking here. Can y'all see that? All because of you, Brother Joe. 
Don't ever think that you don't have anything to bring to the table. You just don't know. If you're born of God and all of you in here, I know you are, y'all just don't know. You are so different. Because, see, God can move through you that he can't hardly do through an unsaved person. He can use them to somewhat, but man, through you, God can save a nation. He can save a whole community because you stepped up to the plate. But if you were trying to be politically correct, no matter, y'all go ahead on and eat. I'll just wait. You're going to call them to die and you too. Because you're not doing it the way God wants you to do it. You're trying to be conventional. I understand the concept. And that's not a bad thing to do in the natural. But when the hand of God is on your life or something, you got to recognize that, oh, oh, wait a minute, this is different. This is different. So when someone want to bless you with something, you need to take it because you are hindering them from God's best coming to them. God is using you as a mean to meet their need. Can y'all see that? Notice this. There will be always be what? Flour, olive oil left where? In your container. When she just say, I had just a Small amount. Man, there's so much I can say about this. I just got to move on. Next first case. So she did as Elisha said. Thank God. And Elisha and her family did what? Continued to eat for how many days? You know those many days is? In one of my Bibles, my King James Bible, in the middle part of it, it says, a year and a half. Because it's already a year and a half in the family. It's supposed to be for three years. They ate a year and a half on that meal and all. Now you think about that for a moment. Now let me show you this last part of this here and we'll stop. It's the same story. Keep going, Casey. And there was enough flour and olive oil left in the container, just as what? The Lord promised through Elisha. You see what he said? Who, who, he promised through who? Well, you and I are the Elishas that God needs today. God can't do this without you. Yes, he's God, but he cannot do it without you. He, got, he need it to go through you. But if you won't stand up and speak in the light that he wants you to speak through what Christ have done for you already has given you that right, then people's lives are going to suffer. People's lives are going to be weakened because you will not walk, stake or make a stand in the righteousness of whose you are. So you cause people to suffer. Or should I say we? We can cause people to suffer. 
we can cause people to miss out because we won't stand up to the plate. Next first case. And sometime later, the woman's son became sick. Same story. Watch this. And worse and worse, and he finally died. What? No way. And then said Elisha to the woman, to, didn't Elisha say, I mean, then she said to the woman, to Elisha, oh man of God, what have you done to me? She, she forgot. Have you come here to point out my sin and kill my son? Next verse. But Elisha replied, give me your son. Look what he said. Give me your son. Sound like what Jesus was saying. We don't have any. Jesus said, you give him something to eat. He said, what do you have here? Two fish and five. Bring it here to me. And he took the child's body. From her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying and laid the body on his bed. Whoa. And Elisha cried out to the Lord, Oh Lord, my God, why have you brought this tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me and causing her son to die? See, he just following God. That don't mean because you follow God, you know everything. We know in part. And look at this. And he stretched himself out, out over the child three times and cried unto the Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, please let this child life return to him. And the Lord heard Elisha's prayer. And the Lord I mean, and the life of the child returned, and he did what? Revive. Next verse. And then Elisha brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Next verse. And then the woman said to told Elisha, now I know. For sure that you are a man of God and that the Lord truly speak where? But sometimes the stand that you and I have to make is unconventional. People are not going to know that you're truly a man or woman of God when you have to do some things in a way that doesn't look conventional. Amen? Did y'all learn anything this morning? Any comments? Yes. 